uh, Hillary has been lengthening her excuses as to why uh, she lost the election. She didn't really lose the election. It was stolen from her uh, by, I think it's up to 24 different excuses she has now. Number 24 is content farms in Macedonia. And uh, as I said, uh, my grandfather was a uh, Macedonian content farmer. And uh, we often think about, you know, gathering on the porch and recalling the old days on the Macedonian. I never thought, he never thought that the old content farmers he left behind in Macedonia would one day steal the U.S. presidential election. They are gnarled, hardworking Macedonian peasants. And the way they were able to reach out... In a week, Macedonians will go to the polls and be faced with a stark choice between two competing visions. On the one hand, there is Zoran Zayev and his socialist party, Sidesa, which has ruled Macedonia for the past three years. On the other hand, there is Christian Miskowski, the relatively new leader of the center-right, Vomorodopomene. Zayev and his socialists ignored the will of the Macedonian people, the consent of the governed, and essentially used violent means to change Macedonia's constitution, in turn changing Macedonia's name, identity, heritage, history, culture, and much else about Macedonia that made Macedonia unique. The socialists saw their crown jewel, the special prosecutor's office, end in disgrace with the chief prosecutor in jail, the office in shambles. Meanwhile, numerous scandals have rocked the government. The economy has not delivered, and the coronavirus runs rampant, with one of the highest rates of death per million in the region. On the plus side, quote, north, unquote, Macedonia is now a member of NATO, which French President Macron called, quote, brain dead, unquote, last year. The center-right of Vomero de faces its own test, with relatively new leadership and a slate of parliamentary candidates relatively unknown. It is promising to implement traditional center-right policy, focusing on jobs in the economy, rule of law, stability and security, and a restoration of Macedonia's pride and spirit. They are also promising to undo the so-called PRESPA agreement in due course. While many may not like either party and those smaller parties that support them, the fact remains. One of these parties will win, and one man will be the next Macedonian Prime Minister. We'll discuss all of this and more on this episode of the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast. I'm Jason Miko, coming to you from the foot of the Catalina Mountains, fire-free, in Oro Valley, Arizona. And this is Sritin Sulemanov calling in from Skopje, Macedonia. There, very good. Uh, no, uh, no uh, added uh, uh, adjectives to uh, to Skopje, Macedonia. So that means uh, you're you're totally focused right now on these elections. I'm sure. Um, yeah, the fever is high. <laughs> <laughs> it's the silly season, as we say. Um, yeah. So hey, you had a um, debate between um, Miskowski and Zayev last night. Uh, it, first of all, is there going to be another debate before the elections? Uh, probably not. Probably not. Okay. Things stand not. We're we're recording this on Wednesday. Uh, what is today? July seven. The elections mm-hmm. are Wednesday. No, we're recording this on Tuesday, July seven. Well, this will drop tomorrow, Wednesday. Elections will then be a week from now. Uh, I forget which month it is, honestly. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. Yeah, it's a. <laughs> can, can I have a refund on twenty twenty? Um, <laughs> but anyway, so the two men had a debate last night. How'd it go? It was unwatchable. I couldn't. I mean, honestly, it's just such a difference in class. It's like uh, uh, two completely different sports to persons who trained for one who trained in classic boxing and another who trained in, you know, by the book, by the rules. And another who 
you know, tries to bite your bite you on the leg while you're not looking. So it was really ugly. Zaf is very ugly. Very. Uh, they they trained him for this. I mean, he's not. He's a sayak. Tell me that. He's what? He's a sayak, right? Yeah, he's a he's a sayak. He's a total sayak. But even uh, you know, people would tell me that he's personally uh, amicable, but he's being trained to be a. Turbo Silek, which is the famous uh, Turbo Folk oh, Silek yes. uh, yeah, uh, from Ramba Amadeus, the famous uh, phrase. So uh, he was really, you know, trying to make the entire thing unwatchable and he succeeded for me. I mean, uh, people would just tune out and Mitskovsky this morning said, listen, we, we, can't, we can't talk like this. I, I have to apologize like nine times. I have to remind him that he's lying on, on a thing that he's obviously lying about and it just, you know, he doesn't uh, flinch when you remind him that the thing he's saying is completely false. So uh, he tried to blame Vimero for the racket scandal, like they were, uh, like Katitsayanev is part of Vimero and uh, uh, Jordan Kamchov <laughs> as well. So it's, uh, it's so, just... Sounds uh, like a man losing incredible. his grip on reality. No, he was he was trained. He was, uh, you know, just give the biggest whopper of a lie and hope enough of your people believe it, and enough of your people will lap it up and uh, just move along. He was pointing his finger at Mitskovsky for the for the scandal, for example, in which which has Zayev's fingerprints all over it, and Zayev's favorite prosecutor uh, perpetrating it, and Zayev's second favorite prosecutor kinda investigating it, but not really to make sure he, it doesn't get to him, the investigation. So, yeah. And then he has the goal, after being caught in this situation, to just say, well, uh, I uh, uh, reported it. Mitskovsky says, okay, where is the report? Uh, there is no, no, nothing in the law says you have to have a written report when the prime minister calls a, a chief prosecutor and reports a huge crime about another top prosecutor. <laughs> like, it doesn't have to be, there doesn't have to be a written trail. <laughs> As I've said, and you sure. know, he's like agitated about this. So he's even, you know, trying to be proud in your face about the issue. So uh, I watched it for like 10 minutes and then just decided, okay, I'll just get it through the Twitters and the news reports. I don't have to that bad, subject eh? myself to this. Yeah. Wow. Super, super ugly. Wow. Did you, uh, did you watch it with a, refresh, a refreshing beverage like a, a bottle of uh, industrial cleaner? No, yeah, I don't want it to end in my TV, so I just... <laughs> oh, well, okay. Um, so we've, we've got, this is the second, probably the final debate, as you say. Uh, and we've got a, a, a rash of comp competing polls mm -hmm. out there from, uh, from both sides. Uh, and, you know, obviously they're, they, they tell opposite stories. Uh, mm -hmm. One poll commissioned by um, uh, Zayev, his party and uh, NDI, the National uh, Democratic Institute, which is a U.S.-based institution, mm -hmm. has uh, no surprise uh, said a so winning. Um, mm -hmm. The poll that uh, the, I don't know if Boomer actually paid for it or if it was IRI, I can't remember, um, but McLaughlin Associates. Um, yeah, Boomer paid for McLaughlin. Okay, yeah, it obviously shows uh, the Boomer winning. Um, mm -hmm. I don't, are there any other polls out there that we should be aware of? There was one more uh, which uh, said the same thing as NDI, which uh, 
uh, had uh, SDSM winning, but uh, uh, Brima Galupa apparently oh, yeah. did it, but then Brima said they did not do it. Mm. And then they said, okay, we, we did it, but we can discuss what we did for whom and how it was done and who was the Methodology, person right. who... Yeah, so they made the whole mess out of it. Mm -hmm. And then today there is an IPIS poll which says pretty much what... Uh, they're, they're lean vimeros, so they say pretty much what... Uh, uh, the McLaughlin guy said mm -hmm. there is no IRI poll, which was usually the mm. gold standard, but uh, uh, basically there is uh, we, we have no reliable poll. The only reliable thing we have going is that Zaev is very uh, determined and set on having uh, on winning the sixth district, uh, beating Dewey, uh -huh. and this is the majority Albanian district. He keeps talking about this. Mm. Uh, so this would make him, in his mind, the winner among ethnic Albanians, even though that's bogus because in the 6th district there is like uh, one-third of the voters are Macedonians and they would be split Vemarais DSM, so if Zav beats Dui, it would be owing to Macedonian voters, mm -hmm. but he would declare himself the winner in the Albanian district, therefore the biggest Albanian party, and even if he loses every other district, which is very likely, according, especially according to the... Uh, McLaughlin poll mm -hmm. and uh, the IPIS poll, he would still say, okay, Du is not the biggest party, I am uh, the biggest Albanian party. So he would uh, then go to his, what we discussed last time, his offer to Mitskovsky that, uh, you know, as the biggest Albanian party, he should be in coalition with Vemero, not Dui or the Alliance, even if Vemero is like just four or five seats shy of a majority and only needs a small Albanian party where they could divide the seats in government much more favorably, as the SM would obviously demand, like, an even split. Mm. Uh, but this is what Zaev keeps talking about, and this uh, is indicative of him uh, uh, losing the election overall, but trying to, be, trying to take Dewey's role. But he then, the next day, he goes out and says he would still like to form a coalition with Dewey. Ali Ahmeti comes out and says Zaev is a drunkard. <laughs> he calls that. me on the phone. <laughs> He sings the Albanian anthem, so Ahmed is trying to humiliate Zaf as much as he can. Excellent. But then the next day Ahmed says, well, yeah, but I would still prefer to form a coalition with him because, you know, he's such a, yeah, because he's such a pushover, obviously, sure. and, uh, and Vemero would uh, have the legitimacy of the Macedonian people and hold me by the shorts. And uh, um, so it's very, you know, Vomero will definitely win the two eastern districts where there are no Albanians, the third and the fourth. The fourth is Zaev's own district, so he would definitely lose it. Uh, he has Albanians in the first, second, and the uh, fifth district, which could help him even it out or lose by a small margin. Um, but, you know, it depends on how Dewey is able to get the Albanian voters to what extent and how they break. If the U.S. Embassy gets involved in the last minute and uh, orders Albanians to vote for SDSM like they did the last time. Uh, so basically it would be more or less even in these three districts. But Vemero would still win, although not build up a difference like I expect them to do in the third and the fourth district. And then in the sixth, that's the last chance for Zaev if he beats Dewey. Uh, then he can claim he's the biggest Albanian, he's more Albanian than Ahmeti. <laughs> and if he loses to Dui, and the polls show him losing third place, losing both to Dui and the Alliance in the 6th district, then it's game over for him, for real. Then, then it would be very, 
bad for him. Then only the diplomats can seek. Wow. Okay. Well, then that's uh, I'll, uh, Alex. I'll take option number three for four hundred. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah. So I, Zayev, there's a lot to unpack in what you just said, and that's a very good analysis. Thank you uh, for our listeners. Um, Zayev uh, wants to be the king of the Albanians, um, which is an odd thing yeah. when you consider it. But now, a, a couple of things on the on the polling and election day itself that um, kind of kind of mix this whole thing up. First of all, you've got the coronavirus. So another five deaths today, uh, 70 or 80 more infections. One of the highest rates of uh, death rates per million in the region. Uh, I think you're at about, Mm -hmm. Macedonia's at about 355 deaths total. So quick math would be, what, 175 per million, um, approaching 200 per million. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, To put that in perspective, you're nowhere... to make you feel better somewhat, um, yeah, no, no. New York is 1,600 per million, so you're, you're nowhere near. Yeah, 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 so. it's not a big deal. But, <laughs> but you've got the coronavirus. Scary. Yeah, people are going to be justifiably, perhaps, um, a bit skittish about going out and standing in line and whatnot, even though mm. the government has said it's going to put in protocols for safety and all that, blah, blah, blah. Um, but still, you know. people have fears about that. So that's number one. Yeah. Uh, number two, again... July 15, a Wednesday, it's just a strange day to have a, an election. Normally it's mm. on a Sunday. I don't know if that's going to affect it. Probably much less than the coronavirus. Um, number three, you know, polling post-Brexit, post-Trump uh, around the world is just, you know, you take this with a large, you know, a cowlick of salt uh, because nobody predicted Trump would win. Nobody predicted Brexit. Uh, and so, you know, the polls are a useful guide, I guess. And as, of course, as they say, the only poll that matters is the one on Election Day. Um, so yeah. we'll see, I guess. Um, Stevel Pendorovsky kind of comes to mind right now. For some, he has, has he been active or has he said much during these, this campaign season? No, he was mostly absent. They just saw him... Uh, uh, show up at the uh, U.S. Embassy. They had Hamilton viewing, like, the first event. Oh. So not interesting that the U.S. Ambassador is inviting the neutral figure, but not Zayef. We still expect them to make some move before the elections. Of course. Uh, like an even more open endorsement of Zayef, besides taking pictures with Venko Filipchuk, who is now campaigning for ASDSM, the healthcare minister. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, besides helping Zayef get his favorable, uh, favorite date in elections as soon as possible. Um, but uh, no, honestly, Stevo, yeah, he's trying to, he helped, obviously, Zayev, uh, by fine-tuning the states of emergency, like two days here, then a break, then five days, then it was such a ridiculous mess. But uh, yeah, he's not openly campaigning, even of campaign for Vimera. But lightly, not not overly exposing himself. Well, Stevo, no, Stevo has been out of the picture. Hmm. Okay. Uh, well, you mentioned uh, the ambassador uh, had uh, Stevo up there for the um, uh, the screening of Hamilton. I assume that's the Disney version that just came out. Um, and we have this debate going on here, obviously, over so much of our history. It's, it's not actually a, a debate about statues or the Confederacy or Lincoln or Jefferson or Washington. It's about raw power, but that's another subject for another day. Um, but I did watch uh, Ambassador Burns' uh, 
little uh, event on uh, on Kale oh. on uh, July four, and uh, I what struck me was that every fifth word that in her little spiel was about diversity. Yep. Uh, whereas, um, you know, President Trump talked about unity, uh, despite what the New York Times and the Washington Post and CNN said. Uh, they're, they're living yeah. in two different realities, of course. Mm. Uh, but then she played, um, she had a couple of quote-unquote uh, American songs. Of course, When the Saints Come Marching In is a classic American. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think they played the Star Spangled Banner, but then they played, the, and I had this is the first time I had ever heard about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, me the, too. the the national black anthem, or is that what it's yeah. called? What's the name? What's the title of it? Uh, lift every voice and sing. Okay, lift every voice and sing. Uh, apparently, it's it's over a hundred years old, or nearly a hundred years old. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but uh, and then I, I and then after that, then I started seeing it everywhere. Of course, as one yeah. does. Uh, and the NFL, the National Football League, apparently yeah. is talking about playing that song before. The Star Spangled Banner, the national anthem, uh, when they finally start up, whenever they do. But, it, it, you know, and, and of course, then there have been calls to make uh, John Lennon's Imagine, as we talked about last week, yeah. the national anthem, and scrap the Star Spangled Banner, etc. But you, you, can't have, you can't have two national anthems for a country. That's a recipe for disaster. Um, won't be one country for long. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right. So, um, so... Uh, yeah, I don't know where that's leading. Um, I know there have been calls. You know, we we continually see calls in Macedonia for a change in the national anthem yep. there, change the flag again. Uh, we already changed the name. Yeah. Uh, coat of arms. Uh, you know this continual okay erosion. With. Sorry. Uh, the coat of arms. I'm, I'm okay with. You're okay with. Okay. Yeah. Take the red star off. They, they finally uh, we did. did they? We did that. Yeah. Uh, Gruevski okay. did that, but the rest remains this uh, socialist-style uh, coat of arms. Right. Okay. Uh, but but the the latest call, of course, is for the change in the national anthem. There, correct, or the national hymn, as you call it. Yeah, yeah, because it just uh, it focuses on the Macedonians, not uh, on the Albanians, and uh, and you know Albanians perform the Albanian anthem and. If we are to believe Ahmed Izaev, sang it to him on the phone, and it, it just you know dawned on me that this might be the biggest tape about to drop about Zaf. He, if Ahmed recorded him singing the Albanian <laughs> anthem on the phone, <laughs> and just wants to play it before the elections. Oh, now that would be funny. Um, yeah, but everything is problematic. <laughs> Hamilton is problematic because he was apparently bought and sold slaves. Uh, the and the U.S. anthem is problematic, and you know it was really shocking. I didn't know about this song either until mm. the morning uh, uh, of the event on Kale when I when I read the same article you did about the NFL, uh, and mm. then I I, I watched uh, just bits of the Kale event, and I hear the announcer says, and now uh, it, she didn't say black national anthem, but she said lift every voice and sing, and it dawned on me that the U.S. embassy has actually officialized. The second despair anthem, and the next, you know, the Hispanos are going to ask for, you know, La Cucaracha to be made the national anthem of the US, <laughs> and uh, uh, the Poles and the Italians are going to ask for some song. And this is not <laughs> a unified country. The embassy already had the uh, LGBT flag on one of its windows. Uh, they oh, no longer yeah, raise it on the mast, but. They did the window thing, and nobody oh. took a knee. I didn't notice a knee taking. 
uh-huh. during the whole thing, but it's still early, it's still doable, <laughs> it's still possible, it happens. So yeah. it's a complete, you know, the, the embassies are completely, you know, uh, siding with the BLM, no oh, matter what yeah. Trump says. Oh, of course. The, the, the State Department is, is uh, a, a leftist organization, a far-left Jacobin operation. Everybody in there is, uh, is uh, part of the revolution, mm. not understanding that eventually the revolution will come for them as well. Um, but this is the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast. So let's, let's, uh, it's always fun to talk about how, uh, not fun, I shouldn't say that. That's making too light of it. It's always... always Fascinating to talk about how the U.S. is falling apart and the rest of the world will fall apart with it when that happens. But mm. uh, for the meantime, we got elections coming up. Macedonians, obviously, you know, the name is vital. Uh, you know, we've talked about this and I've written about this before, how identity is a national security issue. And once you erode the identity, uh, the, the country itself is, is quite vulnerable to mm. uh, nefarious forces both inside and outside. But... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I still think most Macedonians are going to be voting, even though they're passionate, they're Macedonians, they're patriots, they, they care about the name and the identity and the history and the heritage and the culture and so much more that is under attack and has been under attack for the past three years under Zoran Zaev and Ali Akhmeti and the, the U.S. and other Western embassies. Despite all of that, Macedonians, I think, are still going to vote on bread and butter issues, you know, mm. the economy, jobs, education, health care, security. Uh, those are the those are the main issues, and as I wrote about in the article the other week, I, I think the reason I, my theory is that, you know, f- for the average Macedonian in the Republic, day in and day out, they don't see the N word. They they don't encounter it much. They're mm. they're just talking about Macedonia and Macedonians and Macedonian things and and all that. They uh, and they're teaching their children Macedonian history and all that. So. It, it on a daily basis the the n word doesn't really affect them and and I get that they just don't encounter it and that's normal that's what we would expect but it's important because you know I keep this this updated list of uh, uh, instances where the mainstream media think tanks academia diplomats etc call Macedonians quote North Macedonians unquote and things that are should be Macedonian quote North Macedonian unquote and and that is vital, but but again, I think most people are going to vote on those issues I just mentioned. Am I wrong? Am I right? What do you think? Yeah, I guess. I mean, uh, the SDSM government borrowed so much money, and they're not giving it to companies uh, that much to support. You know, the companies who've been struggling, they're focusing it much more on welfare transfers to get uh, you know literally to buy voters. And you know, if the embassy can do some trickery with the ethnic Albanians on election day, uh, the trickery which SDSM can do on their own among ethnic Macedonians is just promising public public sector jobs for people who are somewhere in the middle. And the polls did show that about half the people would not declare who they want to vote for or uh, they will not vote at all. So this is where SDSM can act and, uh, uh, you know, just abuse the public funds to, to buy votes. Or there was even some leaks... Uh, uh, not sure about the authenticity, but I'm sure that's being done, trying to discourage known, you know, hardcore Vimera voters from voting if they have a public sector job. So you threaten them that they will be doing the COVID shift, you know, in the mm. in the hospital unless uh, if they go vote on uh, uh, on Wednesday. So this is um, 
I mean, Zaf cannot offer prosperity. He completely failed to bring any investment. He did hike the minimum wage, but that's you know that can cause more damage than it can uh, oh, yeah. than it can help. Yeah. There are people being forced, you know, being paid the minimum wage and then forced to give few thousand dinners back down to the actual you know going wage in the business they're in in the region they're in. So. Uh, but yeah, he borrowed a lot of money and he, he will try to, you know, paper over all the cracks, all the problems uh, before the election. He was going to do it anyway. And the Corona now is a huge excuse to do it even more. And, you know, whoever forms the next government will be in huge trouble financially once, uh, <laughs> once the extent of the theft has uh, been made clear. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you, you mentioned the those who haven't told the posters who they're going to vote for and those who mm-hmm. uh, who said they won't vote. Of course, they can change their minds between now and then as well. Yeah. Uh, so, but, and, and then let's transition, you know, to scandals. We, we kind of mm-hmm. briefly touched about that in the opening monologue. Uh, the scandals continue. More tapes will drop. Bokey 13, his uh, latest trial, I think, has been postponed until later yeah. July, correct? Yeah, after the elections, the judge made sure that the next appearance is <laughs> on the 21st. <laughs> 21st. There will be no more outbursts from him in, in, uh, the, uh, in the courtroom. Uh, well, he had another... He went to testify before the prosecutor again. He can still do this ah. if he wants to. And he, can, uh, he said he prepared 30 detailed charges against different people. And uh, his lawyer can just leak them along with whatever book he has uh, kept as evidence, as wiretaps, as uh, screenshots of Skype conversations. Uh, and stuff like that. So he can still, he, he can give a video statement from uh, prison, you know, that's easy. And uh, one thing that was leaked, we're not sure if Boki did this, it's probably in his house. Uh, it happened uh, yesterday, there is a, a video showing Katicejanova, Boki, and a woman with a hairstyle which looks very much like Radmila Shekerinska, she's filmed from the back, mm-hmm. and they're sitting, having conversation, watching Bokeh's television in a house that is, you know, tacky enough to be uh, Bokeh's uh, apartment in, uh, <laughs> <laughs> in the suburb. So this dropped uh, yesterday. Radmila Shekerinska, she, does, she refused to address it. She did not say it was me, it wasn't me. Ah. So, uh, you know, people are joking. Well, you know, feel free to deny it. You know, we can, you can sure. say it was Carrot Top or somebody else who looks... <laughs> like you from from the back, but uh, that's one. Uh, that's problem. There are things like this. Previous recordings had Dan uh, Donchev had this pro-Russian businessman in Montenegro who oh, yes. uh, took bribes, uh, who paid bribes to Zaev, and uh, Zaev apparently wanted more. So and he, the guy was super annoyed over that. So there is corruption scandals, you know, plundering the public healthcare. Mm. Uh, at the time of Corona, this is especially, you know, a touch issue. Uh, working with foreign businessmen, especially a pro-Russian one. And then uh, there were tapes which were not criminal, but they showed Zaev brag that he controls the NGOs, uh, which, you know, controls the colored revolution people. This is very unnerving to them. This could discourage them to vote, or they have two other options, two other parties who born out of the colored revolution who are competing so they can 
if they vote, they can vote for any of them, not vote for Zaf, which, so this is basically the purpose of those leaks, in which Zaf is this boorish Silak. Uh, he's bragging about his finances. He says he has 8.5 million uh, in his own assets, and he has reported much, 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 much less than that in his, uh, you know, required uh, uh, property statement. So now Mitskovsky is essentially campaigning hard on vetting politicians, opening up their financial statements, uh, ascertaining their actual worth, and then asking them to prove if they can, um, you know, if they can explain how, how come they have millions and millions. Um, there is another tape which shows uh, several thugs uh, from Bitola, including one who is actually a businessman who is the spotter. He does the bidding for Zav. He's, he, he's the guy who is officially awarded the business, but mm -hmm. everybody knows that the, the money, the profits actually go to Vitsa Zav, Zoran Zav's brother. Ah, yes. So they are discussing and uh, the more thuggish person in the conversation says he's going to burn down a car owned by a Vimera guy in Bitola who was apparently talking a lot about the scandals about the contract given to Vitsazayev to the large coal plant in Bitola. So basically they, they said we're going to torch his car and he says Vitsa, I'm, I'm talking with Vitsazayev about this mm -hmm. and another family member of Zayev's uh, says he approved it. So basically wow. li literally talking like a mafia organization, they're talking about uh, being instruments, you know, they can take people out of prison uh, in exchange for enough money. So this is, again, attributed to the Zayev family. They discuss how Vitsa Zayev decides who gets uh, a marijuana growing license in Macedonia. So there was some guy, they say, who paid a lot of money, but didn't get it, then got angry at Vitsa. So, uh, you know, a complete soprano style, you know, mafia operation. And now we have some audio to back up the what we all know has been going on with Zoran and Vitsazav. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? <laughs> probably <laughs> forbidden. Yeah. If we're oh, talking yes, right. Hamilton, it's probably cancelled by now. <laughs> well, actually, I was uh, total off uh, Macedonian politics. I was listening to one of my podcasts yesterday. I think it was a commentary with John Pedoritz mm -hmm. and the uh, uh, conservative uh, perspective uh, from a Jewish standpoint. Um, uh -huh. Talking about Hamilton and how that's gonna, probably going to be canceled now too, uh, yeah. just because they're not sufficiently woke. And, and the main guy that plays Hamilton is uh, Hispanic, I believe. So yeah. um, anyway, uh, the 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 colorful revolutionaries here in America and the cover colorful revolutionaries there in Macedonia, and the colorful revolutionaries everywhere. Um, mm. They're going to be, well, I guess the ones in Macedonia are learning that they've been played as fools, which they were to begin with, and they still are. Uh, whether they'll learn from that, I doubt it. Um, but uh, they're, I don't think they're going to turn on Zayev. I can't imagine that. they got too much of their, their personal pride, prestige, and power invested in him. And I think he still throws them some scraps here and there in the form oh, yeah. of uh, some uh, money from the budget. For their uh, for their works, um, what else do we have to talk about? I mean, well, yeah, I mean, it's uh, we've covered elections and scandals, and we could you know we could dive do deep dives into each one of these, but um, 
that's that's a bit too much. Uh, no, yeah, it's just uh, very satisfying and uh, you know, chicken coming home to roost situation that uh, uh, essentially, given how the State Department funded a good chunk of the college revolution in Macedonia, that now they have like uh, probably caught the first and last train to play the the Disney version of Hamilton before it's cancelled or, you know, maybe take their children down Splash Mountain, which they did, which is great fun, and now it's also being cancelled and... Uh, well, not entirely cancelled, it's being changed, so yeah, the Splash Mountain still exists, it's just based on a different story with a, uh, a uh, African-American as the heroine, I believe, so... And yeah, and she's actually a very conservative heroine, she's a hard-working oh. girl, doesn't uh-huh. want to take welfare, she wants to make up, you know, be like a... I actually had a semi-viral tweet once uh, explaining how Princess Tiana is uh, like a Trumpian role model. She uh, opens up a restaurant in honor of her father who died fighting in World War One, and uh, oh. the key, key song is, I'm gonna, uh, I'm almost there, I'm almost saved enough money working three jobs to open up the restaurant. So it's completely a, a very, you know... Uh, oh, I like this. Uh, we can do it, uh, small town black uh, uh-huh. positive role model mm-hmm. and um, yeah it's very very uh, okay it's not small town it's New Orleans of course yeah <laughs> but you know I keep going on about this uh, I, I noticed huge difference between blacks and small towns where people still work and you know have families and the yeah. ghetto where blacks whites his, Hispanics it's you know it's horrible that's uh, big big cities over there are such a mess Oh, well, I mean, uh, again, we, I know we keep going back between uh, Macedonian uh, issues and American issues here, mm-hmm. but, you know, African-Americans are, are traditionally much more conservative than you think. And mm-hmm. then the mainstream media and others think, um, you know, a lot of them are churchgoers. A lot of them believe rightly that marriage is between a man and a woman. A lot of them, uh, you know, they're, they're hard workers. They, uh, you know, they are... They are the, the, the backbone of, of, of you know, of, um, of uh, families, especially in the South, um, although, as you mentioned, too many of them are, um, are facing, um, you know, poverty and broken homes and things like that, which Black Lives Matter doesn't even address and won't address. Uh, yeah, but I mean, anyway. ho- hopefully, hopefully with all this coming to head of this cultural war in the U.S., uh, you guys on the right start taking it more seriously. I mean, Trump was supposed to be like, okay, yes, now we get it, now we take it seriously. But realistically, what was he going to accomplish? <laughs> uh, and he, he didn't do much. Foreign policy, you know, complete failure. And uh, domestically, uh, we're now realizing that it was not, it was nothing to write home about. But now that they are overreaching, hopefully, in the, hopefully as soon as these elections, uh, you guys get more serious <laughs> yeah. about uh, saving what what's salvageable and then maybe helping the rest of the world. Yes. Well, when I, when I think you know, when it comes to foreign policy and America and Macedonia, which actually I started working on another column about that, um, mm-hmm. you know, after the election, I'll, I'll get it out there. I, I think the one thing we've learned, we, we, we all put a lot of hope in Trump vis-a-vis foreign policy, America's foreign policy towards Macedonia. Mm-hmm. And what we learned is, or what we confirmed is something that we probably should have all known from the beginning. And that is, 
changing the State Department, the uh, the administrative state, the bureaucratic state, the managerial state, whatever you want to call it, the deep state, um, is not going to happen uh, mm. anytime soon, if at all. Uh, it just cannot be changed. It can't be reformed. The, only, the thing I think we need to work on, again, the State Department and American foreign policy towards Macedonia is mitigating the damage that they can do. That's what mm. Macedonian policy towards the State Department and those of us who care about Macedonia should be working on is mitigating the damage that the U.S. State Department inflicts on Macedonia mm. because it doesn't matter who is elected president, the State Department is going to do what the State Department wants to do. Uh, president, mm. you know, Republican, Democrat, be damned, it doesn't matter. Uh, and so how do we limit the damage that the State Department can do? And that's we're not gonna we're not gonna even scratch the surface in in this podcast or any other podcast, but that's something I think that foreign policy elites and others in Macedonia and those outside of Macedonia that care about Macedonia should be thinking about talking about working on how to limit the damage that the State Department inflicts on Macedonia. Mm. That might man, maybe we'll do a whole podcast on that at some point. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We so. see what they have uh, to pull out of their sleeve uh, for these elections and. Uh, what more tricks they have, and uh, I mean, uh, it's possible they stand behind a push to have a unified, you know, Vemera SDSM government, hoping to reel Vemera in into accepting Prespa, you know, by nominally being in charge of the government, but actually having Dimitrov run foreign policy and uh, uh, someone else, you know, Shukirinska being European affairs, and they continue, you know, let, get Vemera to do the business, uh, you know investment attraction and infrastructure and things they're good at while uh, in, in a grand coalition in which SDSM would run foreign policy and then by extension Vemura is subscribed to the Prespa Treaty and you know it's very possible that the, this is what the embassy will try for not get the Albanians to vote for SDSM but actually you know maybe just a little bit and then uh, once the elections are over pushes the two main parties into this coalition, which Zaf is already proposing. This is a very possible, uh, you know, clear danger after the, the elections. Right, yeah. And again, that's what, what you just said is, is what your, your thoughts are in terms of what the U.S. embassy would be pushing uh, the yeah. two main parties towards. Um, I just don't see, and, and that's very, you know, logical, what you just said. Uh, I don't, you know, Vumro, I can't see ever accepting that mm. you, you know it, and again it was, i was reading an article earlier this morning um the uh one of the bulgarian meps um i can't remember which one um mm -hmm. was saying that basically it's a binary choice in this upcoming macedonian election and he he didn't say it specifically but he implied that voting for vumro uh is to go back three years and voting for sirisa is to go forward into a year, bright european happy future mm. And, and that's just, it's not a binary choice like that. You can still, Vomero yeah. is still going to take the country forward if elected. It's just going to be a slightly different path. And yeah. again, you know, you, basic fundamental human rights, like the right to your own name and the right to your identity, which is something that the State Department, that the European Union, that NATO refused to talk about, to address. Why? Yep. Number one, because their identities and their names are all secure. They're not under threat. And number two, uh, 
they're much stronger. Uh, and number three, actually, at the end of the day, they don't actually care about names and identity because they're quote unquote citizens of the world, global citizens, yeah, global yeah, yeah. Uh, um, globalists, uh, and so they don't have much use for that in the first place. So they don't mm -hmm. think you should either. Uh, but Macedonia can have its name, have its dignity, have its identity, its history, its culture, and pursue uh, policies that make Macedonians uh, richer, that bring yep. jobs, that bring wealth creation. All of that can be achieved, but it takes an awful lot of work. And, yep. you know, the the of so way is the uh, the lazy way. It's... Uh, we're yeah, going to do yeah. what, we, what we're told, and we're going to get into the European Union, and the European Union is going to make us rich, and none of that happens to be true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to make things uh, you know, even more bizarre, the member of parliament who said this, Ilhan Tutuk, ah, yes. uh, he, he's a Turkish guy. <laughs> he's not even Bulgarian. <laughs> <and> he's, <laughs> he's Bulgarian Turkish. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, yeah, that's that's what I call ironic. Uh, uh, that's the Balkans, and it's coming uh, to a theater near you. <laughs> things are going. Well, it's like I keep replaying this scene in my mind from the first Pirates, where Captain Barbosa tells um, Miss Swan, uh, he says, uh, uh, "What does he say? Um, you better start believing in ghost stories, Missy, because you're oh, living yeah, in yeah. one." For the United States of America, you best start believing in balkanization because you're living in yeah. one. So. <laughs> yeah. You might not be interested in the color revolution, but the color revolution is uh, interested well, in you. Yes, well, that's a paraphrase of Trotsky, who I love to uh, yeah. paraphrase. You, know, uh, you may not be interested in the Chinese Communist Party, but the Chinese yeah. Communist Party <laughs> is interested in you, etc. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, that's always a Oh, right. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All so right. It's okay, morning right. here. I got to finish up here and get to the office. You need to get to work. Uh, do whatever you do. <laughs> sorry? Uh, do whatever I do. <laughs> do whatever it is you do. Yes, exactly. Do whatever I do. You know, I still got a lot of people who think I work for the CIA, but that's okay. So, uh, well anyway. We'll... Would, you, would you acknowledge it if you did? I mean, honestly. no. Uh... Of course. <laughs> I'm still waiting for that check, though. No, I don't see. If, if I work for the CIA, I still haven't got a check from them yet. I don't know where it's been. Me, it's me from the KGB. <laughs> I, I oh, hey, it's a good thing we can laugh about this stuff. Yeah. You know, well, when we, when well we can't laugh poor. anymore, then, then we know we're pretty much dead. So. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, okay, buddy. Let's uh, we'll wrap this up. We will do another podcast before the elections. Uh, I'm not mm -hmm. sure what day that'll drop. We're doing this again on Tuesday the 7th. It'll drop on Wednesday the 8th. Uh, we'll do another one, and then we'll see about a podcast on election day or the day after. Something just depends on how things go. Yeah, keep the hope alive. <laughs> no, I, actually, as John Pedora says at Commentary Magazine, keep the candle burning. I like oh, that. Yeah. All right. Take care. Okay, buddy. Take care.